Hello, my name is Aziz and I'm the son of a divorced mother. She's really my superhero. That's why it's important for me to support women to share their uniqueness, their personalities, perspectives, and emotions about this world. In these difficult times in human history, we need to bring the people of the world together. And when we hear the voices of women, when we listen to real lives of women from other countries, we connect our cultures without differences or stereotypes, and we get inspired by their stories to live a better life. That's what this podcast is all about. My guest today is Rina Rupa Relia. Rina is a psoriasis warrior, an ethnically Indian from Canada, a hope dealer for the psoriasis community, focused on mindfulness and self-acceptance. Rina loves dance, reading, hiking, and practicing yoga and meditation. Rina, how are you today? Hi, Aziz. I'm doing really well, and I'm so excited for our conversation today. Thank you. I'm honored. I'm privileged. I feel lucky to have you here. I'm very curious about you as a person as well. So I will begin with a nice, friendly, easy kind of yet very difficult question, which is if your friends and the people who know you best and love you most could describe your personality, what would they say about you? I love that question. I've actually asked my friends just to get more perspective on myself. What do you see in me? So the feedback I got was that they find that I'm very kind and compassionate um, and caring towards them. Someone who can make them laugh when times are hard. I'm also very uh, described as very energetic. Uh, I have a pretty bubbly personality. But the other side of that is that I'm also someone who can tend to go into my shell and be more introverted in nature. I think they'd also say that I'm stylish. um, And and like I said earlier, the word I get a lot is that um, I'm a lot of fun. (laughs) Thank you. That sounds great. And it makes me also even more curious. How did your personality get shaped through psoriasis and your fight with it and your acceptance of it, etc.? Because it's something that is a big part of your life. So did you at first have some very difficult moments and then you chose to go the energetic, more positive route? Or uh, is yoga and meditation something that brought you closer to enlightenment? Or how was that journey and the shaping of who you are today? That's a great question as well. So I I would say, you know, I was diagnosed with my skin condition, psoriasis, at around 14 years old. And before that time, I was someone who was more like I am now. So kind of outgoing. I love to express myself through clothing and um, having this bubbly personality, someone who was curious and wanted to try everything. But after being diagnosed with my skin condition, which expressed itself as like these red dots all over my legs, my arms, my stomach, it made me become very self-conscious, someone who became much more introverted and hidden. So I would say my personality was very focused, you know, in my early years living with the condition 
as someone who was trying to people please, trying to be liked, I was always afraid that people would reject me if they saw my skin. So I would always do a little bit extra to make sure I was accepted. But as my skin, you know, kind of had its ups and downs, it got really bad as I got a little bit older and it caused me to kind of go into yoga and, and, and meditation just into a more, I guess, spiritual path, a path of, of really getting to know myself on a deeper level, understand what's important to me. And so I would say, you know, maybe 10 years ago is when I really started forming and allowing myself to be as I am, but also to nurture parts of myself that I maybe ignored in younger years. Um, And now, you know, as someone who's online and sharing my story and empowering others, I'd say that my personality is much more true to form and that I'm able to be who I am regardless of who my skin is. So I'm giving myself permission to get to know myself and I continue to get to know myself and learn about myself um, and what brings me alive. Always kind of asking myself the question, who am I? And it seems like a question that continues to unfold and unravel. That's very important. And to me, actually, it depends on what kind of person you are. But if you're someone who gets bored easily, uh, therefore, if you know who you are, it becomes boring because you already figured it out. And therefore, part of the exciting mystery of life is that you're constantly changing and evolving. And so you never fully know who you are because who you are today is hopefully a bit better and a bit more uh, mature and different compared to yesterday so it's not a fixed place and to ask you to because you're aiming to inspire others with your story are there any stories that people who follow you who you have inspired told you about some impact you had on their lives that you think oh wow I didn't know uh, this was so valuable and important. Yeah, this was something, you know, when I think about the Instagram journey that I had and starting to tell my story on social media, I was like, I started as someone who was really suffering and I went online to start sharing my private thoughts, um, start sharing a little bit about my journey, but I didn't tell any of my friends or my family. It was like a confidential page. And it was the first time that I started really talking to people with psoriasis, being honest about how I was feeling, you know, the sadness, the pain, the grief at times. And I was received by other people who also had psoriasis and it made me feel less alone. And I think as my journey, you know, I started the page maybe, you know, in 2016. So many years ago, I was really, really like in this place of just needing to meet others. And as these years progressed, now people write to me and say that I've been a light for them. I've given them hope in dark times. I've also been the first person maybe they've seen openly showing their skin or talking about their skin condition. And what it's done for them is it's really helped them either seek different treatment, try a new way of taking care of themselves, maybe pushing themselves if their skin is red, right? Or it's really full of, you know, spots and dots and plaques to kind of put on shorts or to put on a dress and to wear their skin with pride. So hopefully helping people move out of their comfort zone, their limiting beliefs, as well as you know, again, the feedback I've been given is that they feel less alone um, and they feel supported. And that has been, you know, something that wasn't intentional, but a gift 
like I think as as kind of the fruits of the work because um, I had no idea that I was helping anybody um, because I just thought I was helping myself. But now um, it seems to be, you know, both ways. And that feels really, really good. I love that story and what you're sharing and saying because it's truly inspirational. And it makes me also wonder and think and ask you more because part of your journey is recultivating your confidence, elevating your self-esteem regardless of the any outside situations, circumstances, or looks. A lot of women, even though they might not have um, psoriasis, they might be intimidated by the beauty standards or the photoshopped perfect women on Instagram or TikTok or anywhere on social media. And they think, even as teenagers, oh no, I can never be as beautiful. Everybody will hate me. <laughs> I don't have a perfect body or face or anything like that. So to you, if you could think back about your journey of refining your confidence, what are the elements uh, and the milestones on that path? And if there is a girl who feels she lost her confidence, what should she do? What kind of journey or curriculum kind of or steps should she try to aim for in order to refine that self-worth and self-value? Confidence has been, for me, a never-ending journey, working on my confidence and my self-worth, right? Really making space to remind myself that I am unique, that I am enough, that I'm perfect as I am. And any girl, you know, regardless of what their skin looks like or what they may be going through, I know that beauty standards feel overwhelming. They feel very overwhelming for me too. You know, being subject to so many images of, like you said, photoshopped um, pictures and perfect highlights of people's lives um, can get to all of us. And so for me, you know, I continue to work on confidence. I always say it's this road that I'm on and a journey that I'm on and sometimes a cycle, although I don't go back to where I was, which was a place of really not liking myself at all, right? Only thinking I was worthy once my skin was clear. Um, and so some of the things that I did in the beginning and I continue to do, especially when I go through moments where things are hard, is I love practicing mirror work. And mirror work, I learned from Louise Hay. You know, she wrote the book, You Can Heal Your Life. And she talks about looking at yourself in the mirror and saying kind things to yourself. So much of the time when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we're like, oh, I have a pimple here. Oh, I don't like the way my leg looks or my shoulders like this or my hand is like this. You know, we're, we're constantly picking apart ourselves. And for me, it was, oh, no, a new spot. Oh, this one's so red. Oh, I don't like myself. And so these words and these phrases and these affirmations is what I kept saying to myself day after day. And eventually, I just started to believe them. And so with mirror work, I intentionally look in the mirror. I look myself in the eye. And the first thing I say is I'm here for you. I love you. I love my arms. I love my legs. I appreciate my skin for showing me what it needs. You know, I appreciate my body and all that it does. I, I begin to really say things to myself that make me feel good and they don't need to be far-fetched, right? They don't need to be completely out there that I don't believe them, but they are nicer things to say. And so when I start looking at the mirror after that, I'm more compassionate. 
Another thing that I find really important as I've worked on my confidence is the process of working in a journal and daily reflection. I love to trace out my day, right? So thinking of the moment that I woke up to the moment that I went to sleep, the people that I saw and the things that I did. And then I like to kind of pick out, you know, what went well today? What can I feel proud of? So I start to boost myself up a little bit. I start to highlight the things that went well versus the things that I didn't do or that I'm still feeling sad about. And then I also think, what can I let go of today, right? So allowing myself a moment to let go of anything that I may be feeling is weighing me down. And sometimes I'm letting go of the same thing for weeks at a time, maybe months at a time. Um, But I continue the practice of letting go of a little piece every day. Um, And finally, you know, in the journal, I love to think of gratitude or appreciation, it allows me to look at the blessings that are here. There are so many things that are going right in my life. And if I continue to focus on those and I continue to lift those up, then I think it gives me perspective and a more balanced view in my life. Um, and again, another thing, just one more thing I, I would say when it came to working on my confidence and kindness to myself was that I started to be more compassionate towards me. So when I'm compassionate, I ask myself the question, you know, I look at myself and I speak nicely to myself, sweetheart, I see that you're suffering. You know, I see that you're having a hard time. What do you need? What can I do for you? Right. I ask myself the question, what can I do for you? What do you need? I ask it with all my heart. And then if there's, if I can answer that question, I try and give myself that. I try to be there for myself. I always say, hold my own hand, be my best friend. And finally, if I'm really having a hard time and I can't do it myself, reaching out to friends or family or people in my psoriasis community and letting them know, like, I'm really struggling with my confidence. I'm really having a hard time. You know, can you help me? Can you help me see? Can you be my eyes? Can you be the light for me? Because it's a bit beyond my reach right now. So any, you know, person who might be struggling, don't be afraid to reach out. At the same time, give yourself words of affirmation and love. And also, you know, just affirm to yourself with kindness that you're unique. There is no other person like you in this world and you are here for a reason. We are all like this puzzle, right? When I think of all the billions of people in the world, we all fit into this big puzzle and each of us has a different shape and we all have our place and our contribution that we make. And so hopefully we're able to... um, fulfill that and we're able to love ourselves as we are because there's nobody else as unique as we are. I really love what you're sharing and it's so wise and deep and always human beings are magnificent in that when they overcome adversity and difficulties they become true gems of wisdom and it's really great which also makes me think in many ways it's a gift and a curse uh, the I know, of course, uh, like if you had the choice, you wouldn't choose it. I understand this fully and nobody should. What I mean is a lot of people go now for instant gratification and that sounds to them like mirror work and journaling and doing the 0.1% progress every day, like a lot of work and they get impatient and want to go to TikTok or watch Netflix uh, because to them it might not feel urgent. What gives you this ability to go for long-term, more solid foundation, yet harder work that is at slow progress, where it's almost maximum effort for minimum results for a long time until you see a difference? And what's your advice for 
any girls or women who might struggle with patience in order to have the patience and discipline to do such things that gave them fruits over time, but not quickly. Oof, that's, I, I think this is a great point because again, this is always what I have to remind myself of, right? To be patient because I, like anyone, feels tempted. I, like anyone, have this urge to go check on Instagram or to look at the TV or to distract myself with something else. However, I've learned in my life and through practice and through sitting, you know, okay, so I can tell you once I did this 10 day silent retreat, meditation retreat when I first got sick and I had no choice but to sit there for almost 12 hours a day because I signed up for this. You can't, there's no phones, you can't read, you can't write. And I couldn't leave either. They, they do their best to keep you to stay, even if you want to leave, because I definitely wanted to run away, um, but I didn't. And at the time of sitting there, I saw how my mind was always looking to distract itself. It always wants to do what it's comfortable doing, right? It wants to go back to old habit patterns because that's safe. It's predictable. However, in that retreat, I realized when I sit, when I sat for 10 days or I sat with the discomfort or I sat with this urge and this desire to distract myself, it eventually passes. And over the long term, my results end up being long, like far stretching, right? In, in the moment, distracting on Instagram is just going to leave me in the same place. I'm going to keep having the same result, the same experience, the same thought, the same sadness, and my life will continue to look the same day over day, week after week, month after month. And so if I want a different result, I have to be willing to do something a little bit different. And sometimes that means, and most of the time rather, it means sitting with the urge to distract, sitting with this feeling of, oh, I wonder what's going on on Instagram and letting that pass and then coming back to saying, I'm prioritizing myself. And these practices, you know, in the beginning, you don't have to look in the mirror and, and do mirror work for 10 minutes. You can try one minute. But can I, you know, give yourself the invitation, maybe even approach it with curiosity. How would it feel in this moment if I did this for one minute? And what if this week, every day I did this for one minute, or I sat in my journal for five minutes and I put on a timer, what would that feel like? And then again, extending it as you start to notice. I know in myself, I saw the change when I started to commit in small chunks over time. And it really changed the outlook of my life. When I even look at my life six years ago, I saw a picture five or six years ago. And I, again, was doing the best that I could at the time, but I was really, really suffering. I look like a completely different person to the person that I am now. And I believe it's these small steps that lead to the big change. And to tell yourself, and I tell myself, I am worth the commitment. I'm worth the time that it takes to make myself better. I'm worth the time it takes to lift myself up. I'm worth the time to look in the mirror. You know, Instagram will always look the same and it'll be there when you're done. But if you want a different result, it's going to require a different action. 100%. And thank you for that. And you mentioned a book that was instrumental to your growth. And since you're someone on this journey, are there other books and resources you might recommend to women in general that you believe will make a big difference when it comes to self-love, confidence, and their perspective on their role and life and 
reality. When I think of a book that really helped me, it was Mindful Self-Compassion. Um, and it's a workbook. Um, and I believe it's by Kristen Neff. And it gives you exercises and perspective on how to be kind to yourself. Many of us have never learned, right? We've learned to be hard on ourselves and to hold ourselves to a very high standard, which sometimes isn't a bad thing. It's great to have aspirations and goals, but to hold ourselves with kindness, especially when we're suffering, that for me, that book, that workbook was very, very helpful. It's it's one of my go-tos. I also think of a course, you know, um, that I took that was very, very helpful. And it's also in the mindfulness realm. And it's called Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, MBSR. And there's a book in there, which I think is a pretty tough read, but through the course, it's wonderful. And it's called Full Catastrophe Life. And it's by John Kabat-Zinn. And again, it talks about this process of acceptance, of self-kindness, of nurturing qualities like patience. Um, and I think, again, in the day and age where we are looking for instant gratification, when we're always in a rush, when we're so hard on ourselves, always striving, right, and pushing, it, the, both of these books give us an ability to, first of all, pause to acknowledge where we're at, and then to start asking ourselves some better questions once we're in a clear mindset um, with kindness, again, with curiosity. All of these qualities were taught to me by these books um, and actually doing the workbook or going to courses. But again, like applied practice has always been um, much more fruitful for me than, than um, just reading. But Reading complemented by journaling or, or, or actual activities have made a huge difference um, and working through all the resistance that comes, you know, with with making change, um, knowing that it's going to happen. And then again, asking myself, like, how can I make this a little bit easier or how can I make this a little bit more fun um, so that I'm able to to endure and kind of go through them? I also I was going to say I also love poetry. So, you know, um, there's a, a a beautiful poet, Nedjwa Zabian, um, and she's from Canada as well. I believe she's from Iran originally, but she has some wonderful poems, you know, Rupi Kaur um, as well, who's from Toronto, um, but of South Asian descent. She also, you know, writes a lot of poems on healing and coming home to our body. And so poetry has always been, been a place that I found um, a home and, and kind of understanding of what I'm going through. I love those words you spoke about understanding and it's actually missing in this world. And to ask you as well, since you spoke about how supportive the psoriasis community is and the community you have built. Well, there are people in this world or maybe even women and girls who feel they're not surrounded by people who understand them, that they're strangers around their group of friends or people, colleagues or people they know, what would you recommend to them about how to build a community just to support them in order to reach their potential in this world, as well as fi finding like-minded people? And very importantly, what to expect, how to go about it? And what did you notice, like the difficulties, the hard times when building and community and noticing at first, nothing is happening for a long time? And what benefits did you notice? How is the community you have built? How supportive are they 
etc. Yeah, that's that's a really good question. So when I think about, you know, or or even think about girls looking to find community, find a place where they belong, find a place where they can be vulnerable, authentic, it really started with me having to step out of my comfort zone. So as someone living with a skin condition, I often hid, I stayed inside of my, like behind my clothes, right? I would say my clothes were my armor because they didn't let anyone see my pain or my vulnerability through my skin. And so I would be very used to hiding and not putting myself out into the world. And so I began finding community and places to go through inviting myself to attend events alone. <laughs> and and then I'd tell myself, can you talk to two people while you're there? So I would go to, I like I said, I love poetry. So I would find events online and I would attend an event. Um, there can be an event, obviously virtually you could go to as well, but in the beginning for me, it was face-to-face. So I would go to these poetry readings or I would go to a dance studio for a class or I would go to um, an environmental talk. And then when I was there, I would, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I want to hide, but I would ask myself, Rena, can you just say hi to one person? Maybe ask them a couple of questions. And that helped me start to feel comfortable having conversations and started to get me out of my shell, started to let me see that it's safe to talk to people. And then keeping in contact with these people over time was also wonderful because I made some great friends that I still talk to today. Um, when I think about my online community and the community that that has been built organically over these years, it's come through my own vulnerability and sharing. I think that at first I was looking at other people's pages and supporting them, maybe sending them direct messages and kind of being like, so how did you get into this? Or if I saw an event was happening in the community, maybe I'd attend it online or I would try to volunteer for like a, like a group, maybe a, a, a national association was looking for volunteers. So maybe I would volunteer there and then I would get to know people. But again, for me, it came through sharing my story. When people would respond to me, I would write back to them and we'd begin this kind of friendship. I would always focus on how can I serve? How can I share? How can I grow? Um, And slowly and organically starting to build these relationships with no need to grow my following, right? No need to be a huge influencer. I always say I did this for myself. I did this to seek for, for support, but also so that I can contribute to the world in a way that's oriented towards people's growth and the betterment of their lives. And when I ask myself, how can I serve? How can I show up more authentically? People can feel that. And I believe that gives them the opportunity then to also, you know, take off their armor or take off their mask. And then we start to connect on a more organic level. So I would say, don't be afraid to kind of open up, to take the first step, to maybe send a direct message to someone. You may make their day Um, or to show up at an event, you know, if it's safe for you and you're in a place that that you can go out, perhaps going to a a, a space where you can maybe meet some new people um, over mutual interests, right? That could be an art class. It could be a poetry class. It could be a yoga class. And don't be afraid to go on your own, again, if it's safe um, or even online. If you're online in a Zoom chat, giving yourself the opportunity to unmute, ask a question, introduce yourselves, put yourself out there a little bit so that you can start to allow people to also see that's what you want. Um, And I guarantee you'll start building community um, organically and and start to feel more supported um, and get to know yourself through the process.
That sounds absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much, Rina, for participating in this podcast, for sharing your experience, your wisdom, and your voice. I thank you wholeheartedly. I wish you success. I wish you constant growth and peace and mindfulness and happiness and positivity. And thank you again. Aziz, thank you so much also for giving women a voice and a space and being um, someone who's creating a beautiful podcast um, for all us girls and women um, to remember that we're rare, that we're unique, and that this will all add to the betterment again of our world and more understanding. Um, It's beautiful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You are welcome. And I couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm.